Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Find hidden clues and uncover a murder mystery. Solve mind-teasing mysteries of the Roaring Twenties. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love true crime, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? There's nothing I love more than getting to decorate my very own luxurious state island. The best part? You can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hello, listeners. I'm your host, Amara, and this is Black Girl Gone, a true crime podcast. The third story in our Black History Month series is the story of Cynthia Scott. Over the past several years, the murders of unarmed Black people at the hands of police has been something that America has had to be confronted with time and time again. Thanks to things like cell phones and body cameras, we are now able in some of these situations to actually watch it happen. I've heard people say many times over these years that it seems like it's happening more and more, but it's not. We just now have a better chance of someone filming it. But issues of police brutality have been a part of the Black experience from the start of policing in this country. Long before Sandra Bland, Corn Gaines, and Breonna Taylor, there was Cynthia Scott. Cynthia Scott was 24 years old in the summer of 1963. At the start of the decade, Detroit, like a lot of parts of the country, saw an increase in racial tensions over things like housing and police brutality. Resentment in the Black community had reached a boiling point, and people were tired of the poor conditions of their living situations and harassment from police for doing something as innocent as walking down the street. The murder of Cynthia Scott would only add to the tension. On July 4th, 1963, Cynthia had been out with friends. After hanging out for a while, Cynthia met up with a friend of hers named Charles. In the early morning hours of July 5th, Cynthia asked Charles if he could walk her back to her apartment, and Charles agreed. According to Charles, as he and Cynthia approached her apartment, a police car pulled onto the sidewalk in front of them. And without cause or provocation, an officer named Officer Spicer jumped out of the car and began trying to arrest Cynthia. Now, of course, listening to this in 2022, it sounds ridiculous that a cop would just jump out of the car and start trying to arrest you for no reason. But... For Black people in Detroit during this time, this was common. A major issue for people in the Black community in Detroit at that time was their inability to walk down the street without being harassed by police. So the behavior of Officer Spicer that night was very common. Charles said that when the officer began to try to place Cynthia under arrest, he tried to intervene to explain to the cops that they were simply walking to Cynthia's house. But Charles said that the police completely ignored him and instead began questioning him and then searching him. Now, Cynthia had had several encounters with police over the years, mostly for prostitution. 
at this time, there were not a lot of jobs for young black women. And so Cynthia did what she had to do in order to make ends meet. It did, however, lead to her being arrested. But on the night of the incident, Cynthia was not doing anything wrong. She was, in fact, just walking home. And so that night, Cynthia did not want to go to jail. She just wanted to go home. And when the officer began to try to push Cynthia in the car, she resisted. She was tired of being harassed. Charles said that Cynthia refused to get in the car and that Officer Spicer referred to Cynthia as a bitch. As Cynthia began walking towards the sidewalk, trying to get away from the officer, presumably going home, Officer Spicer followed after her. According to a second witness who observed the incident from her window, she said that she saw Cynthia walking away from Officer Spicer and that Officer Spicer grabbed Cynthia's wrist and Cynthia snatched away from him and that she told him, you know, leave me alone and that she was just trying to go home. The witness said that Officer Spicer then says, I'll shoot you, bitch, if you do any more walking. The witness said that the last thing that she that Officer Spicer said before pulling the trigger was, if you take one more step, you'll be a dead black bitch. He then shot Cynthia three times. Cynthia fell to the ground. She was dead. Two of the bullets went into Cynthia's back. The murder of Cynthia began to spread quickly all over Detroit, and outrage quickly followed. The rising tensions between the police and the citizens of Detroit were beginning to come to a head, and the murder of Cynthia Scott was the start of a breaking point. The local papers in Detroit did everything they could to put Cynthia on trial. They wrote about her being a sex worker and her encounters with police as if those were things to justify her murder. The officers that were involved in the incident had painted a very different picture of what had happened that night. And everything they said contradicted the eyewitness accounts from multiple people. According to the reports from that night by the officers, they alleged that Cynthia had a weapon and had tried to attack Officer Spicer. Now, Officer Spicer and Officer Marshall, the other officer at the scene that night, said that Cynthia had a knife and that she had slashed at Spicer and was trying to stab him when he shot her. They go on to say that after Cynthia had been shot, that Officer Marshall had tried to get the knife out of Cynthia's hand, but she cut his shirt. He then said that he had to step on Cynthia's hand in order to get the knife from her. Now, the officers in this case painted the picture of an aggressive, knife-wielding maniac who they had no other choice but to shoot. The problem was there were several eyewitnesses, and none of their stories matched what the officers said. No one saw Cynthia with a knife. No one saw Cynthia making slashing movements toward the cop. And... If the officer's account was true, then why was Cynthia shot in the back? The community was outraged. Not only had police shot and killed a woman, they were now trying to cover up what actually happened by acting as if this was a justified shooting because Cynthia had a knife. The Black people in Detroit already had no trust in the police, but this incident only deepened that mistrust. Three days after Cynthia was murdered, the Wayne County prosecutor found that the shooting had been justified and cleared Spicer and Marshall of any wrongdoing. The testimony of the mostly Black eyewitnesses was dismissed and discredited. 
The county prosecutor said that their account showed bias and therefore did not consider their testimony in his quest to clear the officers of any wrongdoing. Now, Cynthia's murder and the exoneration of the officers involved in her murder sparked mass protests in Detroit. Many organizations like Group on Advanced Leadership and Uhuru and the Detroit Council for Human Rights began to mobilize. And on July 13th, 1963, they held a huge protest in front of police headquarters to demand justice for Cynthia. Over 2,500 people attended the protest. And the weeks following, protests continued. The mayor of Detroit promised to reconcile the relationship between police and the Black community. But without charges against Cynthia's killer, there wasn't much he could do to fix the relationship. The protests in front of police headquarters lasted throughout the summer. After weeks of protests and back and forth between the mayor and the local organizations, the attorney general of Michigan agreed to reopen Cynthia's case. The decision to investigate Cynthia's case came after the Detroit PD shot an unarmed 18-year-old boy in the back. The officer involved in his murder had also been cleared. However, the attorney general never actually investigated Cynthia's murder. He ultimately decided that her case did not warrant a further investigation. Lillian Scott, Cynthia's mother, filed a wrongful death lawsuit against the city of Detroit for $5 million, but her lawsuit was eventually dismissed. Eventually, Cynthia's story faded from the headlines, and many people forgot about Cynthia. But those who remembered always felt like the police got away with covering up an unjustified shooting. For years, the files from Cynthia's murder and the investigation that followed were sealed. No one knew exactly what was in the files. But a few years ago, through the Freedom of Information Act, a professor named David Goldberg from Wayne State University was able to get the files from the investigation unsealed. And the investigation files revealed what many had known since 1963. The police lied and covered up what really happened to Cynthia. Cynthia was not armed. She did not attack the police. Both officers changed their stories, and not one eyewitness corroborated the officers' accounts. At the time of her death, the Detroit PD and the local papers painted a picture of Cynthia as a prostitute who went crazy when police tried to arrest her. They had to vilify her in every way they could in order to create their narrative and to protect each other. It really did not matter to them whether her shooting was justified, because even those that believed it wasn't still latched on to demonizing Cynthia for her choices. Many people have never heard about Cynthia Scott, and they don't know that in 1963, the 24-year-old was shot in the back while she was walking home. There was nothing justifiable about Cynthia's murder. Shooting an unarmed woman in the back is not justifiable. If the files in this case had not been released, then the narrative that Cynthia was a knife-wielding, unhinged woman would still be the story told about that night, when in fact, the facts don't line up with that story. Cynthia's murder was a big part of the anti-police brutality movement in Detroit. But unfortunately, her death would not be the last, and racial tension in Detroit did not subside. It only got worse. Nearly 60 years after Cynthia was murdered, Black people in this country are still dealing with the fact that unarmed Black women and men are still being killed by police. And in most cases, the police 
are still not being held accountable. In many ways, we have come so far. But in other ways, we haven't come very far at all. Cynthia Scott would be in her 80s now. May Cynthia Scott rest in peace. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.